Thanks for clicking play on the East Lake Tri-Cities Talks podcast. If you're new to this, we're trying to be the best church option for people in the Tri-Cities who aren't typically into church. We hope today's talk inspires you to take next steps in doing life in the way Jesus modeled and taught. If you're ever interested in being a part of one of our in-person gatherings, they take place every Sunday at the Uptown Theater in Richland. Check the website for current times. And regardless of what you look like, who you voted for, or where your tattoos are, we'd love to have you. But for now, here's our most recent talk. My name is Brent. If this is your first time, you picked a great day to come check out uh, East Lake. We're so thankful you do uh, take an hour out of your busy week to uh, be a part of a church community. We are on part four of a series uh, we're calling Limits to Time Offer. It's a series on parenting. We've been talking about what does parenting look like and what does it mean? Um, and uh, for this specific, and we, we, we said that really like we got to define our goal with it. What is the goal of parenting? It's got to be more than just survival, right? Uh, and we said you can, you can parent towards compliance, right? I want kids who obey me. You can parent towards competence or achievement. I want my kids to achieve something. Uh, but perhaps uh, the, the best way to sort of do the parenting thing, uh, if, if for those of you who are parents, is to uh, parent towards a long-term relationship, a goal where there's a relationship that takes place after they don't have to be in a relationship with you any longer, that they want to be around you and enjoy being around you even when, uh, and, and around each other as siblings, uh, even when they don't have to be. And so if you're going to do that, and if that's the goal... It's going to influence uh, some of the things that you, you the, the way that you discipline, the way that you use words and leverage words. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about spiritual formation. And for this, the, the role of today was such a unique and sensitive topic and, and volatile and all kinds of different things that I wanted to bring in my wife. This is my wife. Uh, we have four kids together. And uh, they range from five to 15 with some 10-year-olds in between, 10-year-old twins in between. Uh, and that does not qualify us to be able to speak on parenting because there might be some of you out here don't know us and new to the church thing or whatever. And you're like, what, what does it take to qualify for parenting? Like quality kids that turn out and you're like, okay, I will listen to those parents maybe. And maybe you don't know our kids, so that, that doesn't justify us. And the fact that we have four doesn't make us, there's people who have a lot, a lot more uh, and a lot less. Um, and our kids are, uh, we knew that it would be nervous even talking about it in this way because we still feel like there's still plenty of time on the clock for our kids to go awry. Uh, and, and maybe then you're like, well, how are we going to listen to them after all? Look at what so-and-so did or something like that. Um, but the hard part is um, you also sit, if you're a parent of, of young children, um, you watch other people who have are, are willing to offer you parenting advice because they their kids are grown and gone and raised and are leading successful lives. And the problem with that is when they offer you advice, you think about them, yeah, but your kids didn't grow up with Snapchat or Roblox or all of these other things. Like your kids, you're so old, your kids didn't have cell phones. My kid had a cell phone at the age of five. You know what I mean? Like there's just different things that come into it. So it's, it's weird to be un, like, what does it take to qualify as somebody who's an authoritative figure on, uh, on, on when it comes to parenting? And we wanted to make sure that you knew that we do not feel like we're operating from a sense of, well, we are an authoritative voice in this in any way. We are simply people who are in the middle of it wanting to talk through how we look at spiritual formation with our kids um, and perhaps in explaining the what we do and perhaps the why behind we do it, there might be some value there for you to be able to define it yourself. And like any good business, um, it, it if you're looking at, at somebody, don't copy a business and what they do. Figure out why they do it uh, and then interpret it through the lens of your own season of life, whatever season that might be. 
And that will provide, I think, the, the, the biggest value. And this is really easy to do. That's really easy to do when you have kids similar to our ages. Uh, it's a little bit harder when your kids are perhaps grown and gone and you're not parenting anymore. But my comment to that would be, are, are you ever really through? Aren't you always parenting? Isn't there some element of that? Even you know, when you're parenting now, people who are parenting, that's a, that's in its own sort of grandkids era. And if you're pre-kids, if, if you're like, I'm not, I don't have kids. I don't plan to have kids. I've got nothing. I, I understand. I think that there's still elements of this that are super relevant for us. Uh, and for you, because you probably find yourself in the middle of some family dynamics, and we're coming into the holidays where those family dynamics are going to be on great display, and there's going to be a lot of emotion surrounding all of those things, and perhaps this material can be a little bit helpful for you. So uh, instead of hearing me talk for another week on parenting, I brought in somebody who I think uh, does it really well. I, I've said that I've, I can fake it till I make it. This is uh, my wife who is a better parent than me, guys. She really is. She knows it. I know it. My, most importantly, my kids know it. And, uh, and so you're going to get a chance to hear from her and I today in sort of a different style. If this is your first time, usually it's you know me with – it's completely monologue. This is going to be a little bit more of a TED Talk dialogue that you guys get to kind of listen in on. So right. that's We've exciting. We've rugged chairs up here today. Yeah, yeah we just changed the these beautiful – Brand new chairs. No, Somebody came up and commented afterward. They're like, do you need us to do, buy you new chairs? Do we chairs? need to take an offering for new chairs? We're like, no, these are fine. They're comfy. Whatever. Um, that is so nice of him to say about me being the better parent. I think he knows that I like thrive on words of affirmation. I really, really do. The reality is we mess up all the time. We were reading a book in preparation for talking about this on parenting written by pastors that we really, really do look up to. They're very relatable. And even still, with that, this book we're reading through and we're like, gosh, we just got to scrap this whole parenting thing. Like, we need to start over with new kids or something because if this is right, we're not that. And there's sometimes, we don't, I'm going to list, like, list some of the mistakes that we've made in parenting at risk of possibly losing some influence with you. But also, hopefully, the trade-off is that you don't just want to scrap the whole thing. Because we, too, um, parent out of frustration sometimes or insecurity or walk around the corner and like flip them off or, um, you know, just real fresh. My sister's in the room today and last night was homecoming and she like got, she got there. I'm like in the closet with London. She wants her dress pinned a certain way. I want it pinned a different way. And we're both like locked in her closet because her friends are getting ready out here. And my sister just walks in and hugs both of us and sees this like strange parenting take place that feels like in the, like you are in that moment. You're like, gosh, I am really sucking it up <laughs> at this. And I know whether you're a parent or not, whatever area of influence you are in, like you have those moments where it's this imposter syndrome. I don't actually know what I'm doing here. And you're not alone. We're there too. <laughs> so if that helps you like pay attention for a second. Also, we lost our kid after homecoming last night. That's also a thing that is fresh in the mix. Well, we, we need to clarify lost our kid, right? <laughs> she's 15. She's not getting lost. There was yes. confusion about what was taking place about the timeline after homecoming. And she, through text messages and, and phone calls, were communicating to us. And my daughter <laughs> updated me on the latest plan at 1130 at night after I'd been in, asleep for about an hour. And, and if you're a parent who is just exhausted in general, um, then you know that the best, most 
useful awake moment of your time is not at 1130 at night or after, after you've gone to bed in that like initial hour. And so she updated me and then we woke up the next morning and London and Kylie goes, do you know where London's at? And I'm like, no, I have no idea. And I look back at my text messages. I've got no text messages about all of this. And so we're kind of going, this is not great. We're about to go talk in front of a lot of people about parenting and we don't know where our kid's at after her first homecoming with a boy. Uh, and so that's exciting. And, uh, so then she calls London up and London goes, I talked to dad. And as soon as she said that, I go, oh yeah, she did call me. <laughs> I do vaguely remember answering the phone and saying whatever, the fewest amount of words I need to say to get off of this phone call and get back to sleep. I think that was my goal. Yeah. And uh, so anyways, so, if that makes her. you be like, that's why we can write off everything that they say about parenting, right. then yeah, I get it. I, I totally understand that you could be that It all way. boils down to, the odds are we're, we're probably all trying our very best. This is our version of trying our best. And if it translates, great. If it doesn't, like maybe it can just be a, a jump off point for trying to apply some intentionality in some areas for you too, if you're not already doing that. So if you'll, you know, give us... Give us a, ears for just a few minutes. Hopefully that's some buy-in. Like we're, we don't really know what we're doing. And we know, we're <laughs> we know regardless of like, you know, what you believe in, where you came from, what you're, you know, whether you're Christian or not Christian, doesn't matter. You know that the role and responsibilities of a parent are great and immense, right? And then when you add, add on some sort of a spiritual formation piece to that, it becomes even a a greater sort of thing that we we know we can't outsource ethics to a school system. We can't outsource uh, honesty. We can't outsource a, a lot of things about what it means to raise a productive member of society and somebody who's going to reflect our family name and, and all, all of these things in an important way. And then you add the faith element to it and you read in like Deuteronomy chapter six, where Moses is is preaching, giving like a sermon to the, the people of Israel right before they enter into the promised land, recapping for them a bunch of the history that took place already in Exodus and Leviticus. He's not creating new material. He's just repackaging old material. And he's and he's talking about them. And hero Israel, he goes through what's called the Shema, hero Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and, and soul, and all that kind of stuff. And then in verse six, it says these, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols in your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. Really illustrating in this moment the responsibility of spiritual formation in the role of a parent in the life of a child. That we cannot outsource this to a church. We can't outsource this to a pastor or a youth pastor. Uh, or a, 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 I have a spiritual family member. That, that that's if, if you have questions about God, go to uncle so-and-so and talk to him about it. Um, if, if we find ourselves as Christian, this is an additional sort of, uh, uh, responsibility that we look at and, and realize, man, we've got some stewardship issues there. We have a limit to time offer to speak words of wisdom when it comes to spiritual formation in the lives of our kids. And we got to get this right. Right. Yeah. And so just in sitting down again this week, talking about this, because this is reality of a lot of times when Brent's going through a series, it does cause us to pause and really examine this in our own lives, kind of alongside you. And so we were looking at um, kind of defining spiritual formation, because that is a weird term. It sounds very churchy or, I don't know, it can it can sound intimidating or weird, depending on what your background looks like. And so for us, like, we decided that 
in our home, we want spiritual formation. Um, we thought of the difference between like a sculpture and a garden. A sculpture is um, we are fully in charge of what is being chipped away and what is being left there. And it is hard and it is unchangeable. And it is, you know, the options are like stay this way forever or be fully broken, <laughs> like be considered a broken sculpture that is crumbled, um, which we feel like in the long term, like when we can be in full control, it feels nice. It might turn this sculpture into a very beautiful thing. And yet, is that really, that's not, that's not living, right? And so the flip side of that is like, we want the formation of, we want the spiritual formation in our family and the lives of our kids to look like a garden. Like while they're under our roof, we get to kind of dictate like the boundaries and what kind of soil is thrown in there and maybe like what we hope it to kind of look like at the end. But in all actuality, like the control is, is not as much ours, right? There's, it's the life and the growth um, that is the end result that, that they kind of do on their own. And so what can we do um, in the meantime, in this limited time offer to help shape the way that that growth happens? Does that make sense? Yeah, because when it comes to a sculpture, right, most of it's done probably in a controlled environment. And uh, the whoever is the one who's doing the work is fully accountable to the stuff. If it's good, it's because he or she made it that way. If it's not good, it's because he or she made it that way. Like, there's nobody that's going, well, there are other factors in that involved. It's just you either did the work or you didn't do the work. Uh, when it comes to a garden, though, you know that you can do everything that you think is the right thing, and then something can happen that is outside of your control. There are ele other elements at play that either provide a bumper crop of, like, your garden goes crazy, and everybody's like, what did you do this year? And you're like, I don't even know right? Like this is amazing. And then there's sometimes where things just die and they don't grow. And you're like, I planted this seed and it just didn't survive. And you just kind of, you know, move on and, and, and take the, just do something different or, or make it its way. When it comes to raising kids, like there's a certain level of, uh, of, uh, of options or certain um, parameters that you can put in place. There's certain weeds that you want to keep out of the soil or do your thing and, and prep it. But there are factors involved in this thing and, and kids can turn out differently. That's why like kid number one might be way different from kid number two or three. And you'd be like, what happened? What do we do differently with number two or number three? And it's just a different kid. It's just a different uh, piece. And that doesn't mean that they were, uh, didn't have the best side of you or the best version of you or, or, you know, you raised them wrong. It's just, there's all kinds of factors in there. And we have to remember that uh, as well when it comes to like a spiritual formation thing that we're trying our best our goal when it comes to spiritual formation is in the early years of the lives of our kids, we are trying to make them realize that they are accountable to a heavenly father, right? When they're really young, God loves you. He has a plan for you. He wants the best for you. As they grow and as they get older and as they mature, I'm hopefully their faith matures along the way as well. And they realize that, um, that faith for us, as we define it, is following in the way of Jesus, that we exist, we exist in a community of people, an interpretive community of people trying to discover and live out the way of Jesus in 2023 in the Tri-Cities, right? And so their faith hopefully evolves into that. First, a divine accountability, and then this like fellowship piece of following it wherever it may lead and knowing that it might and may and probably will look different than our faith at some degree. I have a different set of values of faith than my parents did. And and I would say probably the same thing stands for you and, and your parents and that's okay. And, and um, you know, that's uh, that we recognize that we can't control that. We can set it up for success and hope and prevent, do our best to prevent against some failure. But 
it, ultimately it's in their hands, uh, in God's hands as well. So Right. And going back to the garden piece of that, you know, we can have an idea of what is going to grow there. And we learned even this summer, like, I apparently, well, this is science. A bird can poop in your garden or something like that, and something different grows. We had a tree just shoot up in our garden. I don't know, and his mother-in-law knows a lot about this, or my mother-in-law, his mom, knows a lot about this. And she's like, yeah, those birds. And so... I don't know what the process is actually like, but something new started growing there. And that's, I mean, kind of like what he was saying, there's going to be, it's going to look different, but hopefully they, by that time, they know what is healthy to weed out and what is healthy to continue letting flourish. And, and we know what we want, you know, when they're still so living. If something, if something shows up in the life of your kid and you're like, you don't do that. I don't do that. It's bird poop, guys. That's what it is. Poop from the bird. Moral of the story is you'd be like, that's, that's just bird poop. And we should have ripped that out when it was this young seedling, and we didn't. We let it grow. We Anyways. just let it grow. Yeah. Um, we, so we know this, like, as our family, this is what we want to be known for. We know this as individuals, too. Again, parenting or not parenting in your circles of influence, you have certain things, maybe even just in the back of your mind, that you know you want to be known for. Um, I have, like, a list that changes with each circle, like the people that I don't have any influence over or any relationship with, I think it'd be kind of cool to be known as like smart and funny and a really good rapper. I really want, I really, really do. That is like a dream of mine. And I feel like I could maybe get away with it if I just talk about it a lot around people that don't know me well. Kylie, who's that? Oh, you mean the good, funny rapper. You mean Kylie, the rapper? I see that. So that list is different than the one, obviously the, the, is made for people that I actually have influence over a relationship with. I want to be, you know, those are a little bit closer to heart. I want to be known as a, a good wife, a good mom, a true friend, somebody who's honest or kind or whatever. Um, and then, you know, as that circle grows even smaller, like within my family, like my own personal, like I, I want everything to land on my kids seeing the, see Jesus and what he's done in my life and hopefully everything that they see that's good in me actually points to him. Like that's really where I want the buck to stop. And so part of that, when when we expand that to like, okay, our kids are still under our roof. We kind of want to, to be known as something we want to, for them eventually to have their own list of things, but that starts by us having like, here's our family thing. Right. And so, um, we think that the, there's, a real emphasis on clarity in this, like all of this matters. We want, we want them to know that they have the freedom to shape their lives or they're in charge of their spiritual formation. And we want to cultivate proper growth in that. Um, but that requires a why from us, right? If we just kind of like do things that we feel like are right without helping explain to them why we value honesty, why we value all of these things, then um, then I don't know that we are offering them all that we can as parents. I think there's this really important piece of clarity, and we're going to have to use so many words, so many more words than we ever want to have to use to explain all the things. And Brent has witnessed me <laughs> drone on and on. I'm a very good lecturer with my kids. They'll ask me one question, and then I'm like, oh, and then you should know this, and then you should know this. You don't have to do that. But you will have to explain a lot of things to them. And, um, and I think that with, with this piece of like having Brent listed it as a charter of values. So having like, okay, here's what we want to be known for. Here are probably the basic things as a family that we can like 
Here's our go-to. When I don't have any more words left for you, here's our family list of values that you can go, just go recheck that. Like when it says list it on the doorways of your homes and the gates of your house or whatever, like have a list of things that your family just knows. Like here's the three things that we stand for no matter what. So if you don't know how to make up a decision, check that. And there's no right or wrong time to start this. Start right now with your family. Even if you have adult kids, like clearly communicate to them, um, here's like our ride or die. Like this is where we want to land every single time. And then hopefully there's a piece of that that is carried with them later in life. So she's not going to bring this up, but she came up with a mom rap that literally <laughs> did actually hangs on the wall and right by our garage door as the kids are going out to school. Mm-hmm. And she used to say, it's Monday. We read through the mom rap together. And she and would they make really them stand there. really roll their eyes. You guys, it's not like a glamorized And she would read thing. through this thing together. And, uh, and now it's like less frequent. So like first day of school, absolutely. And then, I don't know, maybe after breaks or something like that. Or just, yeah. you know, every once in a while when you know those kids need a little bit of a checkup, she, she reads this mom rap. And I asked her, do you want to read the mom rap in front of everybody on Sunday? And she said, no. She said, no. <laughs> I did tell somebody. She said that would be so embarrassing. And I said, that well, I you would should... read it second service because, but maybe at the end, we'll, if we. No, have this is a great. We don't have to read the whole thing, but um, she printed it out. Do you want me to read it or do you want to read it? Oh, man. Oh, yeah, wrap it. Exactly. I don't know. Really, that I can it, wrap it. Can we push record on that it camera was a real, real quick? Lynn Manuel Miranda phase of life. But, <laughs> but it just, I mean, just write something, it, anything down. I I don't know that I can I don't know that I can read it for you guys. You guys, it feels so. My awkward. loves, you are growing, adding to your knowing. Your intricacies are showing the thumbprints of our maker. Each day you step out with your chest held stout, wondering what this world is about and what you're adding. Love people over rules. Be Jesus in your schools. Remember, gossip is for fools. Oh man, that's getting good. And that words can build or break. I hope you become literary nerds, steep yourself in wise words, pause to consider the birds, live days free of worry. Give generously without a trace, don't get got up, caught up in the race, extend multitudes of grace, for re- we've received a bounty. Do not segregate, live life as an all-skate, find people to celebrate, be a- aware of your privilege. I beg you to seek ways to stand up for the weak, the meek, those un- unallowed to speak, be a voice for the voiceless. Sometimes beauty will hold hands with pain and loving others will feel like a crash landing. And when everything aches, may you lean into the one who taught us to bend the rules of poetry. He did it best. No matter the fear, no matter the year, be confident I'm standing right here in your corner, ready to cheer and honored to be your mama. And then scratched in parentheses is, and dad. And dad. <laughs> I, I wrote that in. But. <laughs> But it's pretty just good, like right? it, oh, you guys, thank you. That's exactly why I was embarrassed to read it. But <laughs> I, just it doesn't have to be. Hey, a first long service didn't get things. that, by the way. Only second it's service. It's true. Did. I told my friend John was like, "You got to read the mom right the second one," and so I, I told John I would. But um, just having something to look back on to be like, I'm so exhausted, and right now I'm really frustrated, and so I need I need this list of things to be your answer where I can't be right now. I think that's just been really valuable. And us. it can be cheesy and simple too, right? I've got a friend named Travis who grew up in a very, uh, he's, he's one of my loud friends. You guys have loud friends. You know, like you always know where they're at whenever you're, wherever you are. Uh, there's just a tone of the voice and uh, there's a, a playfulness to it and an extrovertedness that comes along with that. He's part of a family. Their family mantra was we cannot be embarrassed and we will not be ignored. And he lives that out every day to the <laughs> fullest. And all like three kids, all three kids, we cannot be embarrassed. We will not be ignored. And uh, yeah, I, I never forgot that. And yeah. I let him know. He, <laughs> I, when he is loud and embarrassing, I always look at him and be like, we cannot be embarrassed. He's like, 
dang straight, man. That's right. <laughs> Anyways, all yeah. right. So that is, um, you know, just being clear about here as a family, here's what we want to be about. Again, there's no time that's too late to start this. Even if your kids are out of the house, just be like, hey, I was sitting around thinking. And here's like, from here on out, kind of what I want this our family to re- be reflected by or this or that. And we all know that there are a long list of things that we want to be known for. I'm actually never going to be known as like this rap battle extraordinaire. I know that because my I have not patterned my life that way, right? So we can have a list of things that we want to be known for. We can, but, but we're going to be known for the lives that we actually live, which leads to um, number two that we talked about in our parenting is um, the importance of transparency. Um, I can have the the way that I want to appear, um, but if that's not actually being reflected in my own life and the people that see my real life or the people that are within my home, then is there really any buy-in that we're going to gain from from them? And our kids know uh, that we live life on a on, on a small stage in terms of you know people know them as the pastor's kid. They know me as the pastor. And so there's this temptation to like, you know, do this pressure thing with the kids of you got to live a certain way because you're maintaining an image and you got to help dad out, stay employed, um, all that kind of thing. And and that's a really, can be a hard thing for some pastor's kids too. And, and I, I don't want to bring this up in a way, I know your kids aren't pastor's kids probably, so it doesn't matter for you, but there's, a, there's an authenticity at home between um, what they see you say and what you want from them and um, the, uh, the ability to allow them to fail and be their own is kind of a critical deal. And um, I think we see a, a big tragicness in terms of parents who hold their kids to some standard that doesn't want them to fail or I want them to succeed in sports because I didn't succeed in sports, so I need you to succeed in sports, make me feel good about my failed high school career or something like that. It's super weird. And there's, there's uh, authenticity pieces in in how we live that out and and – uh, if if it's um, it, I, I want to I, I want to recognize that this is something that we are working on and and trying to make sure that our kids know that we want to be the same no matter who we're around and that you what you see and what we say out there publicly or whatever matches up with what you see at home because if it doesn't, man, transparency is one of those things and authenticity that people who know you best can sniff it out the most. And when you lose that, especially in the arena of your kids, you lose a lot guys. It's, um, it's, it's a big, it's, it's taking out a Jenga piece on the bottom of the pile, you know, that's going to cause a lot of toppling over there. It's going to be more damage there, uh, than, than what you think it would be worth. Just one, it's just one block. Yeah. But like when you're not authentic in this way, when your kids can see through the transparency and the inauthenticity, it, it causes a lot of mayhem. So yeah. And I, there's like this humbling experience that pops up in my mind all the time. When we first planted uh, the church and we were set up and tear down at Southridge, we were still living with me. We lived with my parents for a year after we moved back from Seattle and London. Our oldest was three at the time. And I remember we had a bunch of people over that were like helping us launch, launch this church. One of them spilled something and I was like, Oh, it's totally okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. And then London you know, knocked something over. I can't remember. She did something and I like pulled her into the side room and I was just fed up. Like she had been a lot that day. I'm talking to her and then she stopped and she looked at me and she's like, why is your voice so nice out there and so mean to me? And in that moment, I mean, what a gift that she said that to me, right? Instead of just thinking that in her little mind, because by God's grace, I remember being able to apologize to her, her sweet little three-year-old self that had enough grace to like tell me I feel pretty rotten about this, but not all kids will do that, right? And so that 
that it has been a constant reminder for me. Like they, they know so early on when you're faking it. And, and there are times where we still fail. <laughs> I'm sure we're not fully authentic inside our, or outside of our home. And our kids catch that. And I hope that we recognize that and that we'll shrink that gap between our inside the four walls and outside the four walls life. And, and I mentioned a first service too, like you guys are such a gift because I know that there are some pastors that feel this like immense pressure to um, perform or, or image manage. Um, And I know that we're in a really fortunate state where we, we feel like you guys, I mean, we hosted the, like all of the kids volunteers at our house last week. And I got to hear all of these doozy stories about our kids who are turds here at church, like our, our personal offspring that are actual turds. And, um, and those people like still showed up and came to listen to what we had to say about parenting, which feels like you guys are okay with us just being real. And we feel really, um, we feel the gift of that. Like when everybody's supposed to get one piece of candy and they're like, it's okay. My dad runs this place. So I get multiple pieces of candy. Then, yeah. and, and then, yeah. And then Joey has to be like, no, I know who you are. Stop it. You're not playing this game, you know, and call them on the carpet. And that's yeah. good. That's amazing. And that brings us to our last one, which is okay. Uh, clarity of values, I think is critical. This is something we want to be really, really good at accountability and transparency and owning up to our lack of authenticity. When that happens, that's a really big piece too. Uh, and then lastly, in our, as we are trying to work through spiritual formation with the lives of our kids in this context, um, with the long-term goal of that, they continue to be, want to be around us even when they have to be is the importance of community and recognizing that we, um, we want them to see that during their time in our home that we valued community, not just because we wanted friends, but we wanted voices, other voices in our lives to challenge us, to hold us accountable, that our our definition of reality is not defined solely by our own personal experience, but by the experience of people that we are doing life with and that our our upbringing with our kids too, that they don't just hear words of accountability and words of advice from just us, because you know this too. You've said some things to your kids and they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, dad. And then somebody else says it to them. They're like, that was so good. And you're like, I have told you that so (laughs) many freaking times. And you can either be angry about that or you can decide to leverage that and and provide people and value and, 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 and schedule time and schedule things around com- positive community uh, in the lives of, of, of people who are, are worth being around. Because you've told your kids sometimes too, hey, you need better friends, right? And are they looking at you and us going, you need better friends. Take your own advice. That's not even that – they're not making you better. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's either modeling that or, or choosing to ignore that at our own peril. So Right. That's so true. Because community, when you can come to somebody with your full authentic self and not feel judged, that is that is attractive. Your heart is right behind that. And that can be for the good or for the bad. And so modeling um, toward being authentic with people that will help sharpen you, that you can help sharpen them, um, is so important. And um, Paul touches on the importance of this as he writes to the church. Um, Galatians 6 uh, one and two says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin who live by the spirit, 
uh, those who live by the spirit should restore that person gently, which sometimes we're really bad at that too. And someone's caught in sin. We're like, Hey, did you hear about this guy caught in sin? Or did you hear about that guy caught in sin? And we just kind of, let's pray (laughs) for so-and-so. And, um, and the reality is we should go directly to that person as a community and restore them gently. And then it says, but watch yourselves or you may also be tempted, which is that sharpening part comes in. We have to be, um, Oh, we have to be secure in knowing that we are surrounded by people who will help call us out on the things that we don't want to be wrapped up in. Um, and then it says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. That's huge. In this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If we're saying that that is like the biggest thing that we want for our kids, if that's the ultimate goal, is for Jesus to be... Um, the place that they land every time and of carrying each other's burdens of getting up under the burdens of others and allowing them to do the same for us is how we fulfill the law of Christ then it's impossible to do that without community right and so that requires us to tell other people when we are under burdens so they can climb under with us that allow that that requires of us to pause what we're doing and to help others bear their burdens. Um, that's how we model it for our kids. That We need that as parents. We need people who are walking through the same stuff we are, um, people who remind us not to back down when it gets really hard. And our kids need that. They need a place to be able to come as their full, authentic selves. And their heart will be right behind that. And hopefully, hopefully, it is toward Jesus. They're playing our playoff music, which means that it's, they're telling us that we need to wrap this thing up. So uh, let me do this. Uh, I want to close with one last verse, and then you've got a prayer thing that you want to read through as well. Uh, my verse comes through uh, comes in the book of Proverbs, which was, uh, again, a, a, a collection of ancient wisdom for the Jewish Israelite people to say they didn't have schools to send their kids off to. When you're an adult, raise your kids in this way. This is, you know, proverbially, uh, the, generally, this is the best way to do life, right, from what we've learned over the years. And... The one that has stuck out to me for so long has been chapter 22, verse 3. The prudent see danger, take refuge, but the simple keep going, and they pay the penalty. The prudent, the smart, the wise person, the person who's going to get ahead in life the best, sees danger from a long way off. Simple keep going, and they pay the penalty. So my prayer for myself and for my kids has been for a long time, God, help me to look ahead. Help me to look far down the road, to see danger when it's coming, to see there's a storm coming. We've got to batten down the hatches. We've got to do some things to kind of prevent this. And let me not live so much in the daily and the, yeah, but this feels good for today. Or I just want to do this now. Um, I, or uh, today's all I have or whatever. The simple keep going. They ignore the, the warning signs and they pay the penalty for it. I feel like my role as a parent is to lift the heads of my kids over and over and over again. Don't just think about today. Look ahead. Look long ahead. Is this going to be what you want for your future? Is this going to be, if I can do that as a parent, man, uh, and if I can do that in the area of spiritual formation, then that's a, that's a big, that's a big step forward for me. So that's a good verse. And then, and finally, you know, some of us are in this space and at a spot where we're like, we've been as intentional as we can be, or our kids are grown and they're out of our house. And we're in a spot where we are just waiting to see how it plays out. And we don't know, we're not, we're not fully confident in this space. And, um, you know, I, I think Jesus, when he came, he showed us exactly, he showed us what to do in those moments. Like he came and showed a different way. There is no forcing influence. There is no forcing, like we don't get to just cram all of this down their throats. Like we said, they are a garden and they are going to grow the way that 
they are going to grow. And he showed us that we can trust the process. We can trust that truth will reveal itself and that love is where we get to land. And so when only one thing can fit through, it has to be love. And that's what we can do for our kids in those moments. And there's this prayer that was written by Kate Bowler. The book is awesome. Um, It's not mine, but I'm going to read it for you. And it has to do a little bit like this when you're in that season where you're like, I'm just waiting to see how this whole thing plays out. Um, It says, oh God, we are surrounded by our loves and they need you. We need you to carry them. Let love bear up the weight of us all. Bless our kids and our grandkids, children here and those gone. Bless these people who quicken our hearts now and in years past. Bless our parents and our grandparents. Strengthen our roots and our branches. And bless our friends and our chosen families, all the bonds that hold us. Thank you for this love, this absurd and wonderful love. God bless our children whose lives are yet an unwritten book just like ours. Come and write your words of love. Let us speak with our words and our actions in ways that heal our past and stir up hope for our future. God, I openly admit that my plan was to rescue it all. Pry this out of my hands. Absolve my guilt when it doesn't work. Calm my spirit. Let me allow you to do the impossible and bear up the weight of the world that I've been so determined to carry on my own. Thanks again for listening. If you've got more questions about the church or community group options for connecting with East Lakers outside of Sunday mornings, I'd encourage you to check out our website, eastlaketricities.com, or better yet, download our app by searching East Lake Tri Cities in your favorite app store.